You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. I prayed over this message and I prepared. And you may not be in a dark season right now. And if you're not, thank God for that. But you need to still hear what I got to say and store that in your memory bank because you don't know when you'll end up in that dark season. So the title of the message is, Joy is Coming Soon. I wanna read to you out of chapter, or, uh, Psalms chapter 30, verse five. For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. So now I'm gonna pick up the rest of the second part of that verse and that's where I'll be speaking from. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. You know, anyone can give a pep talk, but God has a word for the despondent. Do you hear what I'm saying? We all need maybe some self-help manuals from time to time to get us through a rough patch or a tough season, maybe a bad mood, and there's nothing wrong with a self-help manual in its place. But what about something that has been traumatic in your life? Maybe you have been abused as a child and, and you still carrying that weeping at night in that dark season or maybe there, you've been involved in an accident that has left you uh, lame or crippled or, or tremendous amount of pain for many, many years. Or how about public ridicule? Has anyone in the house ever made a foolish decision and, and was brought to light and it brought you public ridicule? I, I'm sure uh, many of us can testify to that. Does God have a word? Does God have a word for the dark nights of our soul, he absolutely does. And his word, his promise, begins with this phrase, the second part of verse 30, weeping may last through the night, through the night. Just ask a widow at the cemetery, she'll tell you all about it. Just ask a mother in the emergency room or in the hospital with their child. What's been laid on my heart heavy today is what about some of our teenagers and what they have to deal with in 2022. And I'm gonna give you a real story. I'm gonna give you her first name and I'm gonna withhold her last name. Amanda was the Canadian teenager who became an unwitting spokesperson for despair at the age a 15 after a predator had convinced her to pose topless for a photo. He later blackmailed her with threats to circulate the picture if she didn't reveal more, but he posted the photo anyway. Humiliation rained down on her from the high school hallway to the internet highway. She became the laughing stock of her circle. Already she was a fragile and private person. 
She retreated even further. She avoided her friends. She stayed home. And still she couldn't escape the text. She couldn't escape the calls and the stares. The family changed schools, but the mockery followed. For three years, she was stalked and taunted. She descended into drugs and alcohol. She cut herself. She hid in her room. She drank bleach and tried to take her life. Finally, in the act of desperation, she posted a nine-minute video on YouTube using flashcards set to a deep, dark song. She recounted her months of horror, the shame that she brought her family, the pain that she brought on herself. And the video image shows only the lower half of her face with a written message. I have nobody. I need someone. My name is Amanda. One month after posting that video, she attempted suicide again, and this time she succeeded. I'm here to tell somebody this morning that weeping may last through the night. How long is your night? Your night might last a week, a month, a year, I don't know how long. Young people hear me. You will go through some difficult times and you will have some dark nights that you weep and weeping will last through the night. That is nothing new. That's not news to you. You know that will happen in your life somewhere along the journey. As long as you live, something sooner or later will bring you weeping through the night and you understand that and that is not a news release, but maybe this is. Joy will come in the morning. Somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. I'm here to tell somebody that despair will not rule the day. Sorrow will not last forever. Night might delay the dawn, but it cannot and will not defeat it. Do you hear me? Jesus is still the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he said weeping would last through the night, but joy will come in the morning. If you've ever had a dark night and joy showed up in your morning and God restored you, you ought to give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Morning will come. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, morning will come. Look at your other neighbor, the one that's asleep right now, wake him up and say, morning will come. Morning doesn't always come as quick as we want it to, but morning comes and with it comes joy. Do you need this promise this morning? Are you in that place this morning? Maybe you have wept like a river you have cried till you don't have no more tears. Have you forgot to the place that you feel like there is absolutely no hope? Well, that is a lie from the devil because with God, all things are possible. And with Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life, you've got hope. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. There's a lady in the Bible that I feel like 
She was at a place of despair and a place that she didn't think her weeping would ever stop. She felt like she had no hope at all. And her name is Mary Magdalene. In Luke chapter eight, verse two, a certain woman which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. Before she knew Jesus, she had seven demons. She was a desperate woman. I'd say she had cried all that she could cry. She was a prisoner of seven afflictions. What might those seven be? I do not know, but it could be loneliness. It could be shame. It could be fear, perhaps recluse. Many believe that she was a prostitute. I do not know that. I found no written proof of that. Maybe she'd been abused. Maybe she had been abandoned. Maybe she dealt with depression. Maybe alcohol. It could be yours as drugs, whatever it may be. Mary's life would have been a living hell. And that's not the life that Jesus came and gave his life on a cross. He came to give us a life, full of life, amen? Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Mary Magdalene was controlled, controlled by demons. She had no hope of salvation. She would have been cut off from the temple, cut off. She had nothing to look forward to but a life of sin and insanity followed by an eternity of hell. And that is a picture of the world that does not have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The Bible said, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? I'm telling you, the, the Lord is here this morning and he's here to do some work. Somebody say amen. amen. Seven, she had seven demons. The number seven is sometimes used in the Bible to describe completeness. Could it be that Mary Magdalene was completely consumed with troubles? But something happened. Jesus stepped into her world. My name's not Mary Magdalene, but my life was messed up. And 38 years ago, I felt like I had no hope. And I was ruining everything around me. But something happened in my life. Jesus stepped into my life. Has Jesus stepped into anybody's life in this house and said, wow, what a difference he has made. I wanna to read to you out of Luke chapter eight, verse two. A certain woman which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. He spoke and the demons fled. When Jesus reached out to this woman and delivered her, she experienced the power of God. Was never the same again, never the same again. When Jesus comes into a life, he makes instant and profound changes. I can't testify about you, but he took me from a bar stool uh, to a pulpit. Uh, that's the kind of radical God that will show up in your life and clean you up and change your destination and bless everything and everyone around you. Give God a shout of praise and a hand clap of praise. I feel like preaching this morning. 
He spoke and the demons fled. I'll tell you, God will speak today and the demons in our lives will flee. Do you hear me? This change results in the sinner becoming a brand new creature. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature and old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's the kind of God that we serve. And I don't care how far you've drifted from God, you're exactly the one God is looking for. And God will speak over your life and God will touch you and God will change your life. The oppressive forces were gone when he spoke. They were banished, evicted, and Mary Magdalene could sleep well. Let me ask you how you're sleeping. Mary Magdalene could eat right. Above all, Dave, she could smile again. How long has it been since you really enjoyed life? Or are we chasing after the things of life? And there's nothing wrong with that if we prioritize and stay in balance and keep God at the forefront of everything. Jesus restored life to her life. She experienced the Lord's peace. Scotty, he, you've experienced that peace. You know what I'm talking about. Seven demons were talking to her, each trying to control her. Think about the things in our lives that are speaking to us and trying to control us and, and, and trying to keep us away from God's peace and God's presence and God's house. Got all these voices speaking to us. And then all of a sudden, Jesus touched her and the turmoil of her soul was forever quieted. John 14 and 27 said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There is a peace of God that we have access to. And we're living in a difficult time, in a difficult world. But I'll tell you, I'm not walking alone and you don't have to walk alone, there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. Can somebody say amen? So Jesus restored life to her life, and I love this. What did she do? She reciprocated. She was one of the followers who was contributing their own time and their own talents and their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. What I see so often times, people will come to God's house when they're in a storm. And they'll come to an altar and they'll pour their hearts out and God will heal and God will move mountains in their lives. And then what do they do? They walk away. So from this story, what, what, what we can learn is Mary Magdalene never forgot what God had done for her. And from the rest of the time on, she was always standing near Christ. And in my spirit and pray any other day, the scripture come to my mind, draw nigh unto God and God will draw, draw nigh unto you. So when they pounded the nails in his hands, she heard the hammer. She was there, do you hear me? On Friday, Mary Magdalene watched Jesus die. On Saturday, she observed a sad Sabbath. When Sunday came, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb to finish the work she had begun on Friday. And listen to John 20 and 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early. It's said to be somewhere between 3 and 6 o'clock a.m. in the morning. When it was yet dark, and I didn't see this until this morning in my office early, when it was dark, 
There was earlier a season in her life when weeping may last through the night because of the darkness. She was in the darkness in the first stage without the Lord. And just because she had the Lord did not mean there would never be another darkness. But this second time, she wasn't in the darkness alone. Do you hear me? You had better stay near the Lord even when he's living in you because there'll be another weeping through the night. You don't want to go back and start all over again. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? So the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet what? Dark unto the sepulcher. And seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Mary visited the tomb. Mary was, she gets there and the stone has been rolled away from the tomb. And Mary ran to Peter. There's a lesson here. This shows that Peter was still the acceptable leader. He had denied Christ, but he had repented and been restored and he was still the accepted leader. Man, I don't know how far you have went from the Lord. I don't know what you have failed. I don't know what calling that you just blew by and let go and the world got a hold of you and brought you into a place of destruction but all you gotta do is humble yourself and say, God, I am sorry and I have messed up and I have sinned and God will breathe on you again and God will restore you and God will still use you. Give him a hand and a shout of praise. Oh, listen to me. Mary is a supreme example of one who loves and believes although she did not understand. She got to the tomb. Her belief was a belief of love, not of intellect. And she knew that Jesus, what he had done for her, and she loved him. Deuteronomy 6 and 5, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with thy, all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. She knew nothing of the empty tomb. She came with no other motive than to finish what she had started on Friday. She came because she loved God. And it was a dark morning. When she arrived at the tomb, bad news became worse. Has anyone ever had bad news and it became worse? Anybody? Give me a hand show, would you? Mary Magdalene saw the stone had been rolled away. It was gone and she assumed that they was grave robbers. Listen to verse two. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher and we know not whereby they have laid him. Peter and John ran to the gravesite. And John put it together. He said, nobody stole him. Jesus has risen. Jesus has risen from the dead. Peter and John, they hurried ahead to tell the others. Now listen, verse 11, but Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down 
And she looked into the sepulcher and see if two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had laid. And they say unto her, these angels, woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, because they have taken away my Lord and I know not where they have laid him. Mary's world had officially hit rock bottom. Have you ever been in a place where you felt like you had hit rock bottom and then you came looking for God and you couldn't find him? And that's Mary Magdalene, the one that had touched her, that had set her free, that she had followed. Now she's in the darkness again and she's looking for God and God is nowhere to be found in her eyes. In the midst of Mary's darkest moment, the sun came out. S-O-N, the sun. Stand with me this morning. In verse 14, and when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Stay focused with me. Jesus saith unto her woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him and I will take him away. Mary turned around and saw Jesus standing. Mary had been stooped looking in to an empty tomb. I ask you this question, how long have you been stooped looking in the wrong direction. Mary was looking in where she thought that he was laying, but he was not there. You may be looking the wrong direction today, but I'm telling you, by the grace of God, he is not in the tomb, he is alive, he is well, he's seated at the right hand side of the Father, interceding on your behalf and on my behalf. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. The point is Mary was seeking a dead savior. And a lot of people, a lot of churches, a lot of church folk are still seeking a dead savior. He is alive and well, and there is nothing that he can't do. He can show up in your darkness, in the weeping of the night, and he can touch you and bring light and joy into your life. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. She didn't recognize her Lord. So Jesus did something about it. In verse 16, Jesus saith unto her, Mary, she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say master. In a moment, in a moment, she went from searching a dead Jesus to talking to a living one. In a moment. The only thing will keep you from that moment is you. The only thing. Weeping may last through the night, but joy. There was great recognition, only two words spoken, Mary and Rabboni. Mary recognized Jesus not by sight, but by his voice and by the word that he spoke to her. And that's how you'll recognize him today. You won't recognize him by sight, but you'll recognize him by his word and by his spirit. And Jesus called Mary by name. Why? Because she's one of his sheep. 
Are you one of his sheep? John 10 and 4, and when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. This moment, this moment of time in this scriptures, it serves to be a sacred role in the Easter story. It shows us that Jesus has a soft, compassionate heart for the Mary Magdalene's of this world. A lot of churches, if you're not holier than now, you're not welcome. Unless you got the right clothes, you're not welcome. Unless you got the right connection, live on the right side of the track, you may not be welcome. But I don't care, never have cared what side of the track, how many dollars you got in your checkbook, what you wore in here, I'm concerned about one thing, what's in your heart. What's in your heart and helping people. We can come in here looking good. We can live in the nicest home, drive the nicest car, have the best job, have all the money in the world and be miserable and live in your home alone. That's a demon that wants to separate you from the presence and the love of God. You got one life, one chance, one life. Live it at its fullest. Can somebody say amen? What was the Lord's first act? To whom did he go after he was raised from the dead? Did he go to the temple, to the priest, to the religionist? He went to the weeping, the broken Mary Magdalene. And he's never changed his plan. He didn't come for the healthy, he came for the sick, the twisted, the minds messed up. Why did he go to her? Of all the people, Andy, that he could have went to, why did he go to her? Perhaps to send a message to you and to me. Perhaps to send a message to every heart that is broken. Weeping may last for the night, but joy will come in the morning. How does joy come? Joy comes because Jesus comes. Because Jesus comes. Can I tell you this morning with all confidence, without question, you are loved by God. I want to read to you. We won't be much longer. Another hour. Psalms 103 and verse 8 through 13. The Lord is merciful. That's why you're still here today. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't forget where I come from, what I did. I'm glad he forgets. The Lord is merciful and gracious. Slow to anger. He, he should have just winked and I'd have been gone. Slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. When I got saved, he took all of my sins and he cast them as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. God loves you. And because he loves you, if you will ask him, 
joy will come in your life. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 